What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I have a final little glasses of business, Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast. This is an extension of my horror channel on YouTube, Dead Meat. I'm James A. Janice. And I'm Chelsea Rebecca. And we're a boyfriend and girlfriend who like to get scared. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about Phantasm. Oh boy. So Phantasm, if you're not aware, is a film that came out in 1979. Early. Early, early. And it was done pretty much entirely by one dude, Don no, Coscarelli. What? Yeah. This Actually, guy, no, it's impressive that this was done by one dude. It always is. I take is, that back. Especially when, yeah, when it's not a mess. This is, I wouldn't call it a mess. It's not a mess. It's not a mess. It's, uh, it's, it's unique. Yeah. Yeah. It was made with love, I For think. For sure. Now, this guy, Don Coscarelli... He did it all, literally. He wrote, he directed, he shot it, he produced it, he edited it, edited it like yeah. his own movies. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's, That's so cool. rare for a director to do that. I know Ty West has done that uh, as a, a more contemporary example. Mm-hmm. As an editor, I mean, both of us have a background in editing. That's always impressive. It yeah. means you really love it. If you're going to direct it and then sit there and edit it too. Yep. Uh, this is a surreal fucking movie. Yes, it is. It's weird because this movie, I had only ever seen the bits that take place in the mausoleum. Okay. So in my head, that's what this movie looks like. But when you go outside of the mausoleum, it's a totally different movie and a very different vibe. <laughs> and I was into it. Yeah, this is a movie that I definitely watched younger when I had my like horror movie website or whatever. And I remember feeling a, a, a special fondness for it because I think I recognized even back then that this was a movie that, did we say in Wishmaster the B tier of movies, mm-hmm. second tier horror movies? This is definitely one of those. Like, you, yeah. don't, you don't know Phantasm unless like you're digging deep into horror. Yeah. You're not just a casual acquaintance with You horror. have to be kind of a nerd, I think. This one I'd heard of because, uh, so I mentioned in our first episode that I didn't really grow up watching horror and I couldn't watch them as a kid when I was younger because I couldn't watch violent movies growing up. So there was this program on Bravo, uh, I think in the early 2000s, that they did the 100 scariest movie moments. That's right. And... I realized watching this movie that I recognized Phantasm because Phantasm shows up in that list. So there were scenes of this I'd seen and was very familiar with because I would watch that 100 scariest movie moments whenever it was on. (laughs) Because it was such a morbid curiosity for me. Yeah, so I guess we can just get into it. (laughs) My notes are crazy, by the way. I'm looking at... Just things out of context are awesome. Yeah, I hope we can do this justice. I know. Uh, <laughs> I bought the Phantasm Blu-ray collection, which is a real nice Blu-ray collection. It's one of the nicest uh, sets that I own. It's all five movies, beautiful packaging. Uh, it, Phantasm's kind of nice because like this, there's probably not going to be any more. This is like a completed set because Angus Scrim, who plays the tall man, the villain, uh, passed away shortly after the fifth one. I, I don't think they would make more without him. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be weird. So hopefully this is it and I don't have to buy any more Blu-rays because this is a very nice uh, collection. But the movie, we put it in, 
and it starts with an introduction by Angus Grimm. Oh, that was so fun. Yeah, he just he just sits there and in a single unbroken unedited take just talks to the camera about his how he came to play the tall man and it was like, "Oh, cool." You seem like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. It was nice to watch someone talk about that movie and seem like they really cared about it. Yeah. And it seems like it was really special to him. I, I, The feeling I have is that the production of this was a very communal family thing. And I think that continued on throughout the series as it's kind of like how uh, the Child's Play series has this kind of family vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, it's very close knit, the crew and cast on it. I think this is probably even more so because it's so much more lower that, budget, independent. That really seems to often be the case with horror. Because so when I first started working on movies, I started working in art departments. I was an intern in a couple art departments and I worked with a lot of people who had done horror before. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, that horror feels different. And they think that just because the material tends to be so dark that the environment on set tends to be the opposite, yeah. just to kind of bring a balance. And they've always said that horror is the most fun to work on and is always the most chill atmosphere. So, Hell yeah. Yep. So after the very simple title card with some serif font, uh, we get immediate graveyard sex. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It sex. is the worst it's sex not fun I've ever sex. seen. They're not moving. They're just laying there making the worst noises oh, ever. Man. Just the most lethargic noises. This is when you know it's an amateur director. Yeah. Knowing he he's like, I gotta do this sex scene. Yeah. Let's just film it. There's a close up of boobs right away. Yes, there is. Pretty sure it's a boob double. Uh, from the mm. actress playing because you don't see the the face in the same shot. Uh, oh, you don't ever? I don't think so. I think it's a boob double. Okay. But the uh, the booby lady then takes out a knife and kills this man. Yep. Yeah. And then the boob lady turns into the tall man. Yeah. That guy was fucking the tall oh. man, dude. Which that at least explained away why the sex was so weird. Because they're not even they're but no, but no, because it was it was the guy who was weird. It wasn't even the chick true. who was weird. But it neither was the guy having moving. sex. She's it's weird. She's sitting on top of him, but her legs are backwards, so she's almost sitting like a seal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> a little bit. And he's just laying there, not moving, and going, huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so th this guy's name is Tommy. And, yeah. And, or Tommy. Oh, Tommy. You just did not have good sex. Uh, and I guess apparently somehow the conclusion drawn around his death is that he killed himself. And so at his uh, at his funeral, his two friends, Reggie and Jody, are meeting up. Reggie is this bald guy with a ponytail. He's the ice cream man, He's right? the ice cream man, but not the titular not the ice, cream, ice man cream man played by Clint Howard in Ice Cream Man. And uh, these two are like, oh, yeah, Tommy was he was part of our trio. We were a trio of guys. Sucks that he's dead, dude. Uh, and they're, they, yeah, his funeral's at this mausoleum, this funeral home, which looks fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. I really like the look of this movie. It does a lot of things with shadows and shapes. And it looks like, like a German, is it expressionist? Expressionalism? Yeah. Expressionism, yeah. Yeah. So stuff from the 30s. Dr. Caligari even 20s. is like the yeah. prototypical Yeah, if you're not example. familiar with that era of filmmaking, it's some of my favorites because it's so fucking crazy looking. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Metropolis. Really, really cool stuff. If you think silent film is boring, that stuff is definitely not. It's really neat. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I feel like this movie really evokes that that imagery. Uh, <laughs> then we see this kid riding his fucking dirt bike over oh these Oh, my graves. God. It's So we have this funeral cut to this 13 or so year old just shredding up this graveyard in a motorcycle and what does he see running around these gravestones these little java looking motherfuckers i kept forgetting those were even in the movie oh yeah until they showed back up yeah yeah because you don't get a great view of them here no but later on you see them and they're just fucking jawas they're just jawas and this came out two years after star wars oh no did it really yeah i mean to be fair it's a cheap way to make those creatures just a hood yeah you can't really see under yeah but they're definitely jawas yeah yeah (laughs) uh tall man has a line he like screams at the older brother jody is that when he goes boy or is that later (laughs) that's later this time he's just like the funeral is about to begin sir i am sorry for your loss (laughs) (laughs) pat pat and we see that this kid whose name is uh michael yeah i always want to call the kid jody for some reason jody just seems more like a kid name and, yeah. Uh, but no, Jody's the older brother. Michael is his younger brother. And we see him spying on this funeral with binoculars. And later on, you just find out that he just won't leave his older brother, Jody, alone. Yeah, he's he's Jody's younger brother. I think Jody says something about not wanting his younger brother to come because it would be too traumatic because their parents sense. had just died. Their parents have just died. So, like, his older brother, Jody, is all that Michael has now. Yeah. And it sounds like Jody's kind of getting uh, a little sick of it because he, there's that scene with, like, his just this guy. <laughs> this just, the one scene this dude is in, his name's Toby. He's dressed like a fucking tennis bro, and he just walks up to him, and it's during, like, a flashback, and uh, Michael's, like, under the car, and Jody's talking to Toby and is like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to send him to live with his aunt. But in the now, Michael spots through the, uh, the binoculars, the tall man lift up a casket. Oh, man, he lifts up the, the coffin the by coffin, himself. Yeah, by himself and puts it in the back of his car. And you freaked out when that happened. And w- were you worried that it was going to be something that like they didn't didn't address? No, it just okay. caught me off guard. I think as a kid, I didn't fully realize that that's, that's like so heavy. not a thing that you can Yeah, you do. can't just do that. <laughs> uh, they don't have four people carry a coffin at a funeral for fun. They do specifically have that shot beforehand of uh, the pallbearers carrying yeah. it. And Jody references later. He's like, well, that's impossible. I, I was one of four guys carrying it. So yeah. uh, I guess little me just didn't pay attention. And then I think after this is when we get the first in, uh, the first iteration of the theme song. That's the one that I kept thinking sounded like the beginning of Bring Me to Life by Evanescence. Oh, I don't know that song. I'll edit in part of it. Okay. So you guys can hear that they sound the same to me. They they use this theme a lot, but I kind of love it. It's kind of like the Halloween theme. 
It's pretty simple. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's got more synths and shit going on in it. And I described this even before we watched it. I was like, I feel like Phantasm is the prog rock of horror movies. And after watching it, I think that's accurate. I mean, there's a scene where they're running around in the graveyard. A lot of this takes place in that graveyard. But it's nighttime. They're running around that graveyard. And there's some funky, like, Main Street Electrical Parade music. Yeah. And it's a scary scene. It's not fun. Like, <laughs> but yeah. they have this crazy, yeah, it's prog rock. It's it's super God. proggy synths and shit. <laughs> and I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Michael leaves this place and goes to a psychic. And oh. it's, a, it's an old blind woman and her granddaughter, I assume. Yeah. So Michael knocks on the door and of this house and this younger girl opens. What is she? She's like, my grandma is, is waiting for you. Yeah. And so Michael goes inside and sits down at this table that I'm assuming is usually used for tarot readings. It's like a psychic's Mm -hmm. office. I don't know what else to call it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The psychic office. The psychic's office. And oh, this grandma. I'm sad that was the only part she was in. She was kind of atmospheric, I think. Yeah. I always like when they have blind characters. And then a person in the, the scene will try to talk to the other person and be like, tell her this. And then it's like, she can hear you. She can hear you. I always yeah. love that. <laughs> Michael. Michael, No wonder Jeremy wants to leave. Yeah, you fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. So we get a bunch of flashbacks as he's apparently telling this uh, this older woman and her granddaughter who have like an air of familiarity with Michael. This is not it the It seems first like time. he shows up there all the time. Yeah. Uh, which makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> he, I think he's one of those people who is very susceptible to psychic suggestion and will pay you thousands of dollars if you say you're a psychic and there's demons after him. <laughs> yeah. And you need a thousand dollars to exercise him. Oh, yeah. He would do it if he had the money. Absolutely. Um, he in the flashbacks we see him driving this car. Yeah, like, how old's this kid? Yeah, he looks like he so, looks like he looks. Uh, oh, I think we get an age. I think he. I think he's they 13. say he's yeah. Yeah, and you know, as a thirteen-year-old, I was probably that age when I watched this. I remember feeling very uh, that Michael was very relatable mm-hmm. because he's running around town. He's riding his bike. He's hopping fences. He's spying on everyone. I did. I did a little bit of spying. <laughs> I had a little binocular bag. Uh, I do love the shot when he like it's after that that tennis bro scene, uh, and Jody's like driving off somewhere, and Michael just like follows him on foot, and there's a long shot of him just like running down the side of the street, hopping over fences, and like that's a cool shot. That actor, that kid had to do that. Yeah. I, I believe that actor is a Michael Baldwin. No relation to the Baldwin. He's not a Baldwin. He's not a. I mean, he's a Baldwin, but he's not. But he's a not a Baldwin. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just remember thinking, like, that's cool. That kid is fucking running down that street, hopping those fences. I felt a lot of uh, kinship with him. Yeah. Yeah. You hang out with psychic grandmas. Uh, I didn't know any in town, and I'd probably think it was bullshit, but that's okay. He can. That. But be she's his not thing. bullshit. She's real. As far as we know. As far as we know, because it's after... Well, what does she tell him? She... Okay, so what happens is he sits down and the grandma gets out this box. And her granddaughter says she wants you to put your hand inside. Mm -hmm. 
Michael skeptical. This, I would be too. The box looks like a giant pencil sharpener. It looks yeah. like he's gonna stick his hand in and bring it out. It's gonna be sharpened. So she, uh, he puts his hand inside and he immediately feels pain and he says it hurts. Then the grandma through the granddaughter is telling him that fear is only in the mind. Yeah, this box is basically the cave on Dag- Dagobah. Yeah, what's in there? Only what you take with you. Yeah. And he brought his fear. And then when he chills the fuck out, it stops hurting. Yeah, so what is that box? We don't see it ever again. I don't know what that box is. It's yeah. weird. And then he leaves and the grandma just laughs. Yeah. Like, I love her. And then her granddaughter kind of looks a little like... Uh, grandma. What a great, <laughs> it's a fun scene. That's how I want to be. But that's all we get from them. I want to be appointment only grandma <laughs> and I don't talk. I have someone else to do that for me. And I just wear black. She probably catches snooze. She had sunglasses on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after that is a fucking great scene because Reggie the ice cream man rolls up to the house and I just, I'm sorry. This guy's an ice cream man and he looks like the ice cream man in the movie ice cream man he looks like clint howard just with a longer he just has a ponytail whereas clint howard is just bald i just don't understand how there are these two guys in these horror movies that look the same and are both ice cream man which one came out first this one by far okay ice cream man was a 90s movie holy shit was it really it's like a mid 90s i think like low budget slasher it's interesting but it, it just is weird but also apparently the actor reggie bannister is a musician. So he hops out and he sits on the porch with uh, Jody, the older brother. And they just fucking jam out, dude. They just jam for a while. Yeah. It's maybe a little bit too long. No. It could have gone on <laughs> twice as long and I would have been fine with it. I'm just a sitting here at midnight. And I've been sitting here till noon. See, my lady left me lonely. Yes, she did. My baby left me blue. They're because pretty good. They're really good. Hell yeah. And they're drinking Dos Equis. Yeah. I like Dos Equis. I love Dos Equis. Yeah. Like this, this is a great scene. Yeah. Because it's just, and at first I was like, is this them actually playing? Yeah, dude. That guy, Reggie Bannister composed that. He, oh. he composed that duet, and they're just, like, jamming out to it. That's fun. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, also, I guess as good time as any, just to mention, the sound design in this movie is great. There's always stuff going on, a lot of whirring noises and vibratory sounds and, like, cymbal rolls. And uh, especially on our Blu-ray that we have, sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. It sounds so good. And uh, very happy with the sound design of this movie. Oh, it was right around this time in my notes that I said acting is good for low budget. Well, but for low budget, yeah. For low budget and for most of them. Sure. It's older brother Jody. He has a hard time. He's he struggles. He does. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to look up the actor's name. I'm not going <laughs> to call him out like that. I think these movies are pretty much the only things he was in. I think these movies are the only things that most of these people were in. Yeah. Uh, besides Reggie Bannister's cameo in Wishmaster. Oh, God, oh. does every movie we cover have to have Reggie Bannister in it now? <laughs> uh, or Angus Scrim, since yeah. he narrated that. Uh, yeah, no, like, Reggie's fine. The The younger brother's really good. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, maybe it's part of that Baldwin. I think it's weird. I thought Jody was fine at the beginning. Maybe he has a harder time with 
the more abstract shit once it's getting, <laughs> you know, to the second half of the movie. And I imagine a lot of it's just reacting to not anything that's there in the moment. Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right now, Jody goes to the bar and he gets picked up by that tall man. Where lady. is this bar, by the way? Because it looks like to me so we it's always the same establishing shot of this bar which is basically a cardboard box it's <laughs> it is like a shed made of old wood and it looks to me like it's in an industrial park i don't know where this is supposed to be at yeah which is why i'm wondering since i know a lot of this was shot in la some of it right outside of san francisco did they fucking drive somewhere where they figured they could get away with maybe building this weird ramshackle set i it's so bizarre i like it though he goes there and he gets picked up by the tall man lady and i guess when she's like hey let's go fuck at a cemetery he's like okay because they go to morningside is the name of the cemetery they go to morningside i'm just now thinking about this if your friend just died and for all you know your friend is buried in that cemetery Mm -hmm. would you go fuck someone there no. It's weird. I mean, I think in most cases, you wouldn't go fuck someone in a cemetery. Yeah, that's yeah, weird. I guess it depends on how long it's been. I don't know. I, I just think, like, if I was buried in a cemetery, I would want it to be a, a multi-purpose cemetery. You want people to fuck on top of you? Yeah. yeah. And, or, you know, that's ride nice, their baby. motorcycles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm dead. I don't care. Sure. Yeah, fuck it, dude. That's Like, Sinespia. So, in, in LA, where we live, we have Sinespia, where there are these movie screenings in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And sometimes I tell people about that, and they think it's really weird. Yeah. But I like it. I, I like the... We're, we're, sitting, I don't think we're, we're not sitting, sitting on, on graves. graves. It's an open lawn area next to the mausoleum. They yeah. do project the films on the back of the mausoleum, which <laughs> yeah, maybe, that's a mausoleum. maybe some people could you know think is strange but I, I i like it i like the idea of repurposing graveyards to be something fun and social yeah you know it's fun that's what i would want and uh, of course fucking creepy little brother michael has has made his way <clears throat> to this uh fuck sesh this and scene he's watching through binoculars as his brother uh goes to town on this lady I just you're 13 you know what is happening oh you definitely know i think he's i think he's into seeing the ladies titties yeah but, but we don't at see what them cost? here and apparently at the cost of seeing your brother's man ass because that's what we do oh see. i look i looked away and missed it oh you missed Because i remember ass? you like shouted you always got a shot with <laughs> ass. Uh, i by the way i wrote that michael reminds me of denny from the room Especially in this part. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're I'm both surprised kind they didn't of go like tackle them. Ambiguously aged, <laughs> floppy haired boys. Well, he gets Michael gets flushed out by some Jawas who start chasing him, and that's when Jody pops up with panties in his mouth. Oh. He's got the pair of panties and he's holding them by his teeth. A move that has never happened organically ever in no. real life. It is a staple of sex comedies. It is something That's where out of he Animal learned House. it, dude. Yeah. Uh, and Jody finds Michael and is talking to him about the chick who he just left naked yes. by a tombstone. <laughs> One, you just took my panties off with your teeth. Weird. <laughs> Two, your <laughs> you little brother runs by 
three, you say, oh shit, that's my kid brother, and then run away. And he's gone for like 15, I'm 20 out. minutes I'm talking to home. his little brother. Yeah. And then he gives he gives Michael the keys, and he comes back, and the girl's gone. And obviously she's gone, Jody. Yeah, even what? though, you know, it's the tall man. Yeah, but, but from the his tall, Even the tall man is like, dude. <laughs> it's not you, worth it. Yeah, no, no, no. You gotta try harder. You this think is the, too sad. Do you think the tall man gets off when he's the... Also... What the fuck? Why can he be a lady? He's an alien. Oh, he is an alien. I figure he, the tall man, is just another form of his. It's a cool form. Yeah. I would be tall man too. Yeah. I, I figure he his species is just kind of genderless. Do you think they get sexual pleasure? Probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, good break for the tall man. Good for you, tall man. Tall man is gender fluid. It's canon. <laughs> it is canon. Uh, Michael has a nightmare that night. The one where he's like in bed and the tall man's behind his bed, just kind of leaning over and there are like Jawas on the side of him. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was real or not. It wasn't. It was a nightmare. Uh, yeah. The tall man's scary, by the way. Yeah. You think so? He's a creepy. Yeah. yeah. He, he reminds me of a Twin Peaks character. He's something that I feel like came yes. straight out of David Lynch's head. But is pre-David Lynch. I mean, not pre-David Lynch. He would have, what, had a racer head by this point. Uh, racer head was, I believe, 78. So I think it, he had just had he a racer head. He just did a racer head? Yeah. 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 But there's a scene where where uh, I keep wanting to call him Denny. His name's not Denny. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael. There's a scene where Michael sees the tall man across the street. And there's this great <laughs> shot of yes. the tall man walking by this ice cream store. <laughs> and for some reason, there's, like, rolling fog. Yeah, coming out the ice cream Making its way. Oh. Is that it? It's it's like yeah, it's Reggie it's like dry ice. Yeah, kinda. it's dry ice. Okay, so it's fog rolling across the screen, and the tall man just kind of stops and looks at Michael. And it yeah, it's it reminded me of Twin Peaks. It's so creepy. It's a great shot. He just kind of like it's huffs really all this cool. And just like oh yeah, he stands there and is like ah in the dry ice. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's, it's pretty so great. Cool. Also, Dune's Cantina. That's the name Dune's of the bar. Cantina. Of that wooden cool. fucking shack. That sounds Standing in the middle filthy. of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, There's cigarette butts all over that place. Oh, yeah. That place. Peanut shells on the floor. Its floor is just cigarette butts and peanut shells. Michael's working on the car in the garage and it fucking falls on him. Yeah. Just fucking this car falls on him, which seems he hear, like a nightmare He hears to someone me. in the garage. He hears tribal drums. There's like a long extended like drum sequence on the soundtrack, which I'm down with. He's like, I heard some weird shit. I was like, dude, you were just listening to some world music. Michael sneaks out that night and heads back to the, uh, the mausoleum because he's sure that there's some weird shit going on. And this is the first of two times that this happens where there's like this long stretch of silence that's broken super suddenly by him in this case kicking out the window it's just like yeah. this long there's music it's silent it's like long uh, tracking shots of him like being sneaky and then he just fucking boots out this window and it's of shatters. the mausoleum yeah it's yeah. like a basement window i like to just uh, speaking of the mausoleum and the graveyard in general i love that the shot of the the house in the graveyard is always at the same angle. Yeah. It's really creepy. Yeah. Something... What, the giant, the building, the, mm-hmm. yeah. The giant, like, funeral home. Funeral home, sure. It's, one, it's just a gorgeous it's a building. It's cool building. Uh, but it's always shot at this kind of three-quarter angle from the front, and it's always the exact same 
even it's though like the low angle yeah the time of day changes but i think it being the same shot over and over and over again is really cool yeah it's effective i liked it uh yeah i love it, it the the building looks like like a monticello or like a building that yeah. an early president would have retired like colonial to, for sure mm -hmm. it's awesome and the inside is cool it's got this like weird zebra print marble kind of going on oh of the mausoleum yeah yeah i i was wondering if that was just a set that they built it has to be i guess because it's so yeah. fantastic yeah yeah yeah. because that's where they really get into like the lighting and the the shapes and the sharp angles those scenes are the ones where if you know anything about phantasm or you're you're just barely familiar with it i think that's the setting that you think of definitely is those muslims so it's all like the grays and reds and it's that atmosphere is really surreal you have these greek heads on the wall mm -hmm. they're like greek i think there's some busts but they're almost like reliefs that are up on the wall and i think that aesthetic's so cool it's really 70s yeah i like it and it's very european art cinema i think and that setting might be what you think of if you know Phantasm, but we're about to get what is probably the most infamous part of the series. And the part I had seen. Yeah. And I immediately recognized. Yeah. You've seen this. Because Michael hides in a coffin when he sees some when he hears some people coming. It turns out to be this uh this fucking like handyman with this weird straw hat. Oh, this guy's creepy too. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's only in this one scene because after he grabs Michael and tries to like hold him down or whatever, this metal sphere starts flying through the air. And it's, I guess to describe it, it's a sphere that's oh, probably bigger. It's bigger than a fist. Yeah. Um, and it's just a metal like sphere. Like softball at first. size. Yeah. And then it, yeah, uh, it kind of opens up a little and like little, two little hooks come out. Yeah. Because like it chases Michael through the hallways. Knife. The handyman grabs Michael. And then, yeah, these two little, like, prongs come out of the front of the sphere. Yeah, as it's speeding towards them yeah. in the in air. And Michael gets out of the way just in time. So the sphere slams into this handyman's forehead with the prongs. And then it extends a little, like, drill thing yeah, into, into the guy's forehead. forehead. And just fucking blood like a like a fire hose yeah comes out of him. blood starts shooting out of the back of the sphere so it's it's weird it's it, the sphere's drilling into his head and then blood is going into the sphere and then shooting out the back yeah like it's a like hose. draining his head of blood it's gross it's pretty awesome the blood looks like paint Whatever. i love it it reminds me of uh i think a lot of a lot of older color zombie movies have the kind of orange red blood yeah yeah, yeah. That is that, very like, bright paint -like. red oh we also get that blood when uh michael freaking bites into his arm to get rid of him ew yeah and i just love seeing that like that ruthlessness of of michael and that determination mm -hmm. uh, also the guy pees himself after he dies i like that touch it just makes it more primal uh so there's like a little chase sequence with some more cool sound effects going on a lot of crashes and shit uh, he ends up cutting off the tall man's fingers that get trapped in the door, and he sees this yellow blood. Yeah. Super bright yellow blood. So the tall man bleeds yellow, bright yellow. It's, yeah. And so. it's opaque yellow. It's not see-through. So that ain't right. Just looks like yellow paint. Yeah. And so uh, another cool thing about Michael is he's smart enough to grab some of them fingers, put them in a box. Yeah. Or maybe just one, but he grabs it, and he gets out of there right before Jawa gets him. And uh, <laughs> he like, oh my god, 
<laughs> he takes this box with a finger in it and the fingers moving around in it and there's yellow blood in there too and he gives it to Jody but, but don't forget how Jody finds him Jody wakes up the next morning and Michael is sitting on the steps asleep with this box with a fucking loaded shotgun in his yes. lap because he's like I like that I, and this is another thing where it's like okay this kid like he's uh he's smart because it's like oh I my brother will have to wake me up if I'm in his way on the stairs when he when he he's wakes inside up and, on the steps right yeah yeah okay yeah so he's like I will be in his way so he has to wake me up so we have to deal with this and their house is very 70s it's all wood paneling and the stairs have these little poles <laughs> yeah. and this I thought this was so funny it has these poles going up uh the one side so if the right side of the stairs is the wall, the left side is these poles every step. And there's a few times where they get in a little scuffle on the stairs. And each time they knock out one of the poles of the stairs and <laughs> yeah, they just like keep knocking them out. Them it's missing. so funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, n- but this scene, they don't get into a scuffle because Michael gives them the box. Oh, and Jody also opens a good it. line reading. Okay. I believe you. Jeez. Yeah, dude, it's a finger in a box. Yeah, even just a even just a normal human finger in a box is not moving. It's like yeah, this this kid's been through some shit. Yeah, at least. but just that delivery. Okay, I believe you. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> uh, and then they think for like two seconds about it, and they're like, I can't figure this thing out. <laughs> oh man. Uh, there's then... a there's a crazy fly. That crazy fly thing. The, oh yeah yeah it the looks finger awful. yeah it's weird so the finger turns into a fly is that what happens yeah because michael brings it upstairs and then he realizes that the finger's not moving anymore so then he opens the box and this bug flies out yeah it's a nasty bug and it's clearly this... a plastic bug but these yeah. guys sell it. these guys sell it uh-huh. and they're like flying all over it's the room. good physical acting it's great they're, they're and doing then a good job the there. ice cream man shows up <laughs> again yeah. and hey what's going on here first of all my favorite thing that he does in this scene is ask if they want and he says specifically if they want to go on a ride along in the ice cream truck and i love the idea of going on an ice cream man ride along like you go on a fucking police ride along yeah (laughs) what goes on on your route i had friends who drove an ice cream truck in high school and i went on some ice cream truck ride my friend's older brother was an ice cream man for sure, some crazy shit went down. Yeah, I just love how he's like, school's about to get out. It's about to be hot and bumping. Let's go hit yeah. up the, the streets. Oh, man. Uh, we get some gun safety tips that I think are accurate. He's like, you don't... That sounded... Yeah. You don't aim without shooting, and you don't shoot without intending to kill. Yeah. They keep referring to the tall man as that mother. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny. The scene leading up to this before they decide to go back to the mausoleum, they're like, we got to get that mother. Yeah. And I love it. So Jody goes <laughs> to the mausoleum and uh, immediately disregards all of the gun safety tips he just said because a Jawa jumps on his back and he, he oh lifts the gun God. over his head, points it backwards. This shouldn't be possible. No. And he shoots the Jawa off of his back over his like he shoots he, over his head. His wrist is even kind yeah, of bent. I can't even at do an it angle. right now. The, the knockback, you wouldn't be able to do that. Ooh. I don't think it's crazy. You would blow your head off. Yeah, you would <laughs> definitely nuts. blow his head off. But it works. Yeah. And then he he like there's a car charging at him, and he just shoots at the fucking car. And then 
uh, Michael picks him up in the car and this, this hearse is chasing them and he's like, nobody's driving it, which is like a creepy thing, yeah. but we don't really see it. No. They just I, say Yeah, that no bunch. one's driving the car. Yeah. And I mean, which is a creepy thing. And I understand how they couldn't really do it with their budget. Yeah. But it seems real cheap to be like, nobody's driving that car. And then, and then like, not show it. Yeah. I think they tried to show it, but like it's the shots are so dark that it's not really effective. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. That's fine. Uh, yeah. They definitely say we're going to get that mother. <laughs> yep. I love uh, it. And they find out that I believe it's a Jawa who's driving the car. But I thought no one was driving. No, Bear was driving. No, stop it. <laughs> no, I believe it's a Jawa who's driving the car. They just couldn't see it. Oh, because he's like so below, little. He's little. Oh. But it's because that, that Jawa, it's it's their buddy Tommy in, in shrunken That's right. So this form. is when they, they discover that all of the Jawas are actually people who have died and they had their funerals at that funeral home. Yeah. and but But it's... It's their corpses kind of sawed down. So I'm assuming what happens is they take out maybe the middle section of them to oh. make them short. Oh, okay. I was just imagining they were like squeezed together. Oh, like, like compressed. You put them in Photoshop and Control T transformed and then like. That's, that actually makes more sense because you see all of the barrels at the end where the corpses are kept. Yeah. And so there has to be some kind of process you know, to yeah, make them yeah. smaller. Uh, hey, Chelsea, I have a question. What? Who's Myrtle? Myrtle? Because they go back to a house and a lady steps out. Fuck. I remember we even mentioned, we were like, Myrtle. And they're like, sorry, Myrtle. And then they just breeze past it. But my, there's... Dude, my notes are... Yeah, my notes point, are crazy. They're crazy. Because they put this, this Jawa body in the ice cream truck. And then they go and talk about how mom and dad are up at the same place. But before that conversation, they run into a lady and they're like, sorry, Myrtle. Like she's barely, a neighbor I or don't some even shit. remember that. I don't know. Hey, email us at Dead Meat Pod. <laughs> Tell us who is. the fuck Myrtle it's is. It's a fucking mystery. Yeah. Also, I wrote that the ice cream man uh, plays his ice cream truck music at night. Oh, yeah. Which I think is really weird. <laughs> yeah, you can turn that off. Yeah. You can be driving around with a dead body in your trunk. Uh, playing that. Yeah. Uh, all throughout this movie, I wrote it down now, but all throughout the movie, the editing is kind of surreal, kind of has, has a film school thing, but it'll be like, uh, people will start talking and then it'll like cut away while their conversation is still going on to shots of them doing other shit. Yeah. And it happens a lot earlier on. It happens here too. Yeah. They mess with the timeline a lot, which I thought was kind of cool. It's, it's a fun, surreal aspect to it. And something that like stuck out to me, as a younger viewer of being like, this is weird. I yeah. can't really tell what's real. Especially what's in the not. beginning, before you get your bearing straight, mm -hmm. you're still kind of trying to figure out what happened in what order. And it's really disorienting. Yeah. And then we even get one of those like moving pictures when he's looking at a picture <laughs> of the tall man. Yeah. And the tall man's moving. It would be done much more effectively in the 1990 miniseries of It. And the 2017 film, The Bye Bye Man. Bye Bye Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here. The best film of 2017. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so Jody leaves Michael with these two girls, Sally and Susie. I guess they're friends. Whatever. But he leaves them there to go take care of shit. Then Mike has the girls, like, drive him home, I guess. And they come across the ice cream truck 
Oh, and it's flipped over. It's flipped over on its side. It's all messed up. And it looks like Reggie's dead. Uh, and then the Jawas attack the car. And like Mike gets out of the car. But then the, then the, the car just drives off with these girls screaming. Mm-hmm. And the Jawas in there. And Mike is just like, well, they're all dead. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Jody locks Michael in his room. God, I forgot about this part. It's a great. It's so great good. scene. This was a good music cue in this uh, scene. Yeah. So so he gets locked in Jody's room or no. Michael. I think it's his own room. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Jody locks Michael in his room, and Michael just MacGyver's his way out with a, I think, a shotgun shell. It's a shotgun shell, and what he does is he takes a thumbtack. Yeah. So he basically pierces the bottom of the shotgun shell, and then hits it like he tapes it to a hammer. Yeah, right? he tapes it to the he tapes it a to hammer. a hammer, and then he and it's this like long. You see him like do the sit down in frustration look for the roll of tape. Yeah, look like for see the, the, it, the idea yeah. forms in his head and then puts it all together. It's more yeah. of like and it's all silent. It's just it's great. Yeah. yeah, and so he he puts this thing together, which is so fucking dangerous. By the way, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's a good idea at all. <laughs> the idea of like duct taping a shotgun shell to the front of a hammer and then hitting a, a door or a wall <laughs> is the dumbest shit. <laughs> but for him, it works. He hits the door and he just blasts a, a hole through his door. And right when he does it, the the music starts up again, the yeah. synth. And it's so good. It's so I was great. so pumped in that moment. It was so good. And it's another scene where it's like, it's putting a lot on that kid actor. Yeah, he's and, good. And he does it, and it's great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of sucks because the tall man was waiting for him, and mm. he, he snatches him up. Tall man snatches up uh, Mike and puts him in a hearse, but then uh, Mike shoots out the window and the tire. And then the hearse slams into this pole and just blows up instantly. Oh my god! It's like one of those classic car crash explosions. It blows up so good, <laughs> and I was wondering how much money they spent on just that. Uh, spent on the C four that they had to load up in that fucking yeah, car and the permits. Yeah, filming in California because it like it just it nudges this pole and incinerates <laughs> so, into a mushroom cloud. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot this all even happened. I feel like they go back and forth from their house to the mausoleum 10 different times. And yeah, it all feels the same. Well, now we're finally at the mausoleum for good. Okay. And this is okay. This is what I was thinking of earlier. This is like the last act, I think. Okay. And Jody, uh, cause, cause he's checking his parents co- coffins. Yeah. Jody, because now they figure, Oh God, all these dead bodies are these dwarves. I, I hope our parents aren't. Yeah, which like your parents are dead either way. Whatever, man. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he goes to check for their parents. Yeah, but Jody doesn't look. He like opens the coffin but oh, doesn't look. Oh, refuses like, to look. What whatever, a fucking baby. Yeah, what a baby. Mike gets there and fucking looks. He looks and he there's nothing in there. It's empty, it's man. It's empty. Hell yeah. Uh, oh, also, this is when we get the the first person view of the ball the sphere oh, yeah. and it's just the super high contrast red view it's like predator view <laughs> sailing through the air is there a name for the the spheres yeah i 
can't remember. I just always assume. Uh, but before it gets Michael, Jody just runs in and fucking shoots it with a bullseye. Yeah. And then Reggie pops up and he's oh, okay. Oh yeah, Reggie's still alive. And he's like, the girls are okay too, whatever. That moment <laughs> it's seemed weird. so weird. And I assumed he was the tall man. Oh yeah? Because it's so fucking weird. He's, oh he, yeah, he's totally fine. After this accident that flipped his ice cream truck over. Yeah, and he just shows Oh, and the girls are fine, too. It it all seems so weird, but apparently, no. Well, you know, the whole thing, spoiler alert at the end, is we don't know when this dream started, but remember the whole thing? Oh. Like, his brother is actually dead and Reggie's all right, you know? Oh, my God, that's right. I know, this movie fucks with your head, dude. This movie really fucks with your head. I forgot. Okay, I forgot. The extent to which it might have okay yeah we'll we'll okay but Reggie actually yeah he we'll says we'll blow that, up that car when we get there. <laughs> uh, Reggie says yeah those girls are fine and that he also saved some other girls and that they ran off uh, and they're okay it's all cool. right okay Reggie and then cool okay Reggie I fought a dragon and uh, I fought and yeah it was really cool <laughs> I <laughs> I went and found the declaration in a pen <laughs> uh, and then we get some cool shit because they go into that room that's this this super cool. white bright light it's like a minimalist room with these stacks of barrels it looks like it's out of antechamber that puzzle game we played yeah a few years ago because it's like these super bright it's walls kind of kubrick too yeah when did 2001 yeah. come out earlier than this okay yeah yeah uh i loved it I think it's very cool. And they're like these two metal pillars. They're t- they're tuning forks. They're like, oh, yeah. they're the end of a tuning fork. Earlier we see Reggie. Reggie yeah. There's very pointedly a shot where he <laughs> is messing with a tuning fork. So you instantly get that he, you, you get that these two metal pillars. Yeah. They flash back to the shot. Too, yeah. Just to remind they you. They spell it out. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> also with the, also with those like drum canisters, they like look inside and they're like more dwarves. But it's like, it's like we know. Show us the show us something. Yeah, show us what's going on in there. Yeah, I mean that's it's another thing. Like the no one's driving this. It's just the low budget. Yeah. you can't show us what the, the their ideas are uh, outsized for their budget. Which yeah, is fine. So um so while Jody and Ice Cream Man <laughs> are looking at the little not bear- not the Ice Cream Man though. Yeah, not the ice cream. Just ice cream, man. <laughs> They're looking at the barrels, and I keep wanting to say Denny. Nope, Mike. Michael sticks his head yeah. into in between the two tuning fork things, and his head is on another planet. Yeah. Um, his head basically pops out on Mars. You, it's pretty much Mars. It's a red it's planet. It's basically Mars. It's a red desert, and there's this endless line of dwarves. Yeah, going... it's like a caravan of Jawas. Yeah. And they're like carrying shit. I don't know. Yeah. And then Michael starts getting sucked in. But Jody saves but him, I think. Jo- yeah, they do. Him. They pull him out. They're like, oh, hey, they're, uh, they they figure it out at this point. Oh, he's taking these bodies. He's making them dwarves. They're ta- taking them to the planet and they're slaves. They're slaves. They're yeah. the tall man's slaves. Yeah. And uh, I love that after he explains that, another prime acting moment from jody he snaps his fingers and says yeah he's like yeah yeah exactly (laughs) like he was so close to figuring it out this whole time and this was like yes confirmed i knew it yeah i knew it forgot to carry the one Uh, that's it yeah i love the the snap yeah then there's a blackout 
because I think they just couldn't figure out how to do what they wanted to do. The screen goes black, and then there's just like there's just their voices sounds. being like, "What's going on?" Oh no! And it's so obviously ADR. Oh, They're yeah. like, "Look out! I'm going this way, and I'm going that way." Whoa! Yeah, kind of some sound effects like they're moving around, but they definitely are just in a studio reading the lines that were <laughs> in that part of the script. Why and does that happen? I forget. What? Why does that happen? Uh, is it after is it Reggie after... touches both pillars? It must and be. Like... Reggie puts one hand on each pillar, each tuning fork pillar, and I think that's when there's a blackout. It messes shit up. And after the blackout, Jody's outside now, and the tall man you know, lady is stalking him. For reasons. Yeah, he just wound up outside, so okay. But Reggie is still inside that same room. Yeah, he's getting sucked in to the tuning fork. So Jody's outside getting stalked by the the tall man lady. Oh, oh, who I'm learning is named Lady in Lavender. That's her character name. That's see, that's also a very David Lynch character name. Yeah. But pre David Lynch, except for Eraserhead. Yeah. That's really I that's interesting. I wonder if they ever like hung out or talked. Yeah, I wonder if, if David Lynch had seen this movie at all. Mm-hmm. It yeah, it's weird. I like it. So Reggie touches both of the pillars, the the tuning fork things, and uh, it, go, it goes all crazy and starts sucking everything into the pillar. It's another cool shot of all these like barrels that are hitting him in the fucking dome. Yeah. And I don't know how he's crawling away because there's nothing to really grip, but he yeah. manages to get away. And he come, sh- shuts the door behind him. Yeah. And he goes outside and he finds the lady in Lavender's body and then she stabs him in the stomach. Yeah, she stabs, stabs Reggie. Reggie. Yep, and Reggie Reggie goes down. And then the whole fucking funeral home does a Rocky Horror it's Picture straight Show. Straight up zap Rocky away. Horror. The house kind of lights up. Yeah. And oh, the house is a spaceship. Yeah, like and this is four years after Rocky <laughs> yeah. Horror. So you <laughs> it might know. as well be the exact same shot. Yeah. Just the house like bloop. Yeah. <laughs> uh but the tall guy, tall man's still around, dude. And so their big plan, the brother's big plan, is to push him down an open mine shaft. I love that after all of this, <laughs> they they realize that the tall man is from another, as far as they know, another dimension. And he has slaves. And it's this whole supernatural thing that is so far beyond their comprehension. And their final plan <laughs> is push him down a mine shaft. Just push him in a fucking mine shaft. Whatever. I mean, you know, what else? I guess what else are they going to do? Yeah. So they they do that. They do that. There's the it's, boy. It is like a Looney Tunes setup. They basically use uh, Michael as bait. Mm-hmm. And then. And he controls his fear. Call that's him back right. to the box. Yep. You know. Uh, yeah, he leads him into the mine shaft and then <laughs> he falls in. And then, uh, from like the top of a giant hill, Jody pushes in some rocks that just like, cover. Oh, that, that cover the, yeah, yeah these they're, comically they are, sized rocks. Yeah. They're entombing <laughs> the tall man. Like he's Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just with a giant boulder. And then, <laughs> and then Jody standing at the top of the hill gives his best O'Doyle, O'Doyle rules. rules. He- Kind of fist fucking arms, arms in the air. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Got him. But then Michael wakes up. Fuck. <laughs> this was upsetting. He's. You don't realize it, it's 
does he straight up wake up or does it cut to I forget if we ever see him actually wake up. I think he just wakes up in in, in his room with oh, the fireplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wakes up in bed. Yeah, and yeah. Reggie's there. Yeah. Who, the who we just saw stabbed. So what the fuck? <laughs> and Reggie's like, "Yo, dude, you know Jody died in a car wreck." Oh my god. <laughs> it is the weirdest thing. Yeah, they're in front of a fireplace together. Yeah, it's like this really big fire. It's Reggie a fire. is like, oh, Michael, yeah, you know Jody died in a motorcycle accident. We were at the funeral, we were, yeah. and we see the funeral. And now you live with me, and I try to be a, a good substitute brother. Yeah. Anyway, so sorry. That, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's when my brain shorted out and I just didn't even want to try thinking about how much of the movie was a dream. Yeah, because who knows how much of that shit was a dream. I do like that uh, as soon as Mike leaves the room, Reggie can't help but pick up his guitar and start playing. (laughs) Next to the fire. But then Michael goes back to his room. and Oh, yeah, to pack for a road trip they're going to do. Road trip. Yeah. But the tall man. Tall man's there, and the tall man nabs him and yeah, pulls him through a through window, the, through the mirror. Oh, it's the mirror. That's yeah, right. He crashes he pu- through yeah. the mirror. Grabs him, pulls him in. Yep. Cool. The end. The end. So That's phantasm. I don't understand. I'm sure there's theories online. Well, there's four more movies, son. <sighs> but are they going to answer? Oh yeah. Oh, this is this. It's like Child's Play, and it's all uh, it's all continuous. Like, it's all linear. Yeah, I think the second one might be the road trip. That was. Oh planned. my god, really? I think so, dude. But how can it be? Because I thought. Yeah. Reggie isn't in the second. No, no, Reggie's in all of them. Uh, the character of Michael is in all of them, but in the second movie, he is was recast different... <gasps> because the studios wanted a more established actor. And I guess uh, that was cleared up by the third one when A. Michael Baldwin returns. Is is it an actor that we would know in the second <sighs> probably one? Probably not. The pro- the studios probably just wanted someone like, you know, someone of, of, that they wanted. Uh, yeah. Jamie Lagasse? James Lagasse? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. How, how do you feel about Phantasm? I liked it. It's very weird. It's very 70s, mm-hmm. which I always like. I For some 70s. reason, things from the 70s really appeal to me. I can't explain what it is. Maybe some of it left me frustrated because I wanted more. I think the stuff I like best is anything in the mausoleum where it just gets really weird and it's stylized. A very cool setting, yeah. But, I, you know, it's low budget. I understand that the whole movie isn't going to be that. I think it's pretty uh, held back by its budget, but I think it does what it can with it. Mm-hmm. And that it's obviously something that was made with love. Yeah, and it's ambitious. Lo- it is hell. ambitious for Don Coscarelli. Yep. Who who made this? And oh my God, uh, Chelsea, he was 25 when he made this movie. Really? Holy shit! Oh man, that's awesome. That's so cool that this 25 year old Libyan American, born in Libya, uh, raised in Southern California, just fucking made this movie. Yeah. As I'm reading this He's right born now, born Libya. He was born Libya. Huh. That's cool. He also he also did Bubba Ho Temp, which I've never seen. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, he wrote and directed that, so I'll need to see oh. that because that's Bruce Campbell as Elvis Presley. That's another cult movie. Yeah, and I've never seen it. Yeah. So that's on the list of movies to see for sure. So cool, Don Coscarelli. I've got mad respect for you. Yeah. Oh, the Beastmaster. Wait, what? He's got John dies at the end in his. 
credits. Yeah, what did he do on it? I don't know. Let's find out. Oh, he wrote he wrote and directed, and directed Don, John dies at the end. Oh wow! What you know? What that movie's trippy too. That movie is really trippy. Yeah, cool. but it, that's also based on a book. Yeah, so it's not entirely his. But that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I loved revisiting it. Can't wait to watch the sequels whenever we get around to them. Especially if they look as good as that and sound as good as that. That Blu-ray, look it up, man. I'm very interested to see how they change visually because this one is the end of the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. The next one's 88. Big, Shut up. Big is gap. it really? Big gap. Oh, wow. Okay. I just assumed they would span the 80s, but No, wow. we got Phantasm 2 in 88. 3 is 94. What the? Really? 4 is 98. And then five, which I've never seen, was 2016. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I'm very... Oh, he didn't direct that last one, but he co-wrote and produced it. I'm very interested to see to see those. I would love to see them. Uh, definite eventual kill count, these movies, even though it's pretty low. I don't care. Uh, yeah. I'll cover them somehow on, on the channel, but yeah. I love them. And I'm yeah, I'm just really happy that we got to rewatch it. And I recommend I recommend everyone check it out. If you're into horror, yeah, I feel like it's something a, totally different. Even if you're into cult movies, mm-hmm. it's slow. It is. It's slow. It's got some long shots where there's nothing going on except for some music. I think if you're into music, it'll help. Yeah, because there's some like cool prog rock going on in here. I could see some parts of it being a slog for yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Which honestly, that's often the case with movies that are considered cult favorites. Yeah. But, you know. But it's the stuff that sticks out that is makes it worth seeing. Yeah. You know, the sphere to the head, the the hammer with the shotgun shell. Yeah. The uh, just tall great. man in the mirror. It's just yeah. great shit. You the, know? I, the tall man in the ice cream truck fog. Yeah. That shot's fucking great. It is. So, yeah. Uh, make sure you subscribe to Dead Meat on YouTube if you haven't already. Make sure you rate and review us on whatever podcasting app you're listening to us through. iTunes is, I guess, the most helpful one apple uh follow dead meat james on twitter and instagram uh you can find me at carebeck at c-r-e-b-e-c-c on twitter and instagram yep and if you that's not enough for you you can find my personal twitter and instagram at james a janice my name all together and that's it that was phantasm Thanks for listening. Thank you. This has been the Dead Meat Podcast. I'm just a sitting here at midnight. And I've been sitting here till noon. You see, my lady left me lonely. Yes, she did. Baby left me blue.